Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Last week we uh, got into the uh, topic of grace and what grace is for us and how we are so undeserving of grace, but God lavishes it on us. And because of that grace, we want to reply to him in obedience to his word and to living our life out. And uh, we now kind of see grace kind of played out a little bit um, in this next piece of scripture. Um, and, and I have to admit that when I was with my preaching team this week, um, I kind of just looked at them and I said, I feel like I'm saying the thing over, the same thing over and over again. That it is kind of like, hey, would you just go back to scripture? Would you just trust Jesus? Would you follow the Holy Spirit? And as I was just looking at this, I feel like I wonder if Paul and Barnabas are doing the exact same thing, going, God, it's the over and over again. We go to a town the town doesn't like us, we preach, but some people are saved, and then we get kicked out. But at the very last end of chapter 13, there's a, there's a sentence that just kind of overwhelmed me with the idea of this is what keeps us moving in terms of when we've heard things over and over again, or the same things keep happening. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where uh, you know what the definition of insanity is, right? It is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. And so I, I feel like uh, Paul and Barnabas, as they're going on their journey, they're just like, we're doing the same things. We're getting the exact same result. I wonder if we're crazy. But the very last sentence summed it up in, in uh, verse 52 and the reason why they keep on going. And it says this, and the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. We can endure a lot of things when we realize that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and that everything that's going on around us is joyful, that we can praise God through it and we can say, thank goodness that he is God and we are not because grace is abounding, because grace covers us, because grace continues to keep us going. And so when I read that, I go, wow, chapter 14 Makes I'm okay with chapter 14, and so we're, we're going to kind of go through it again, uh, not again, we're going to go through 14 because we haven't gone through it before, but I want to remind you that the whole entire point of Acts is to remind the church that when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, they'll be witnesses. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the foundational verse of this whole entire book is right here. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The whole point, once again, is how is the witness continuing to go on, especially in chapter 14 when it's the same things over and over again. And I want to read this with you and then I'm going to um, kind of go through some points. But let's read this together and, and then we're going to pray together. And so it's 28 verses, but here we go. I love this. The same thing happened in Iconium. 
Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. Some of the Jews, however, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. But the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. But the people of the town were divided in their opinion about them. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them. When the apostles learned of it, they fled to the region of Lyconia, to the town of Lystra and Derbe, and the surrounding area. And there they preached the good news. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had, been the way, he had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached, looking straight at him. Paul realized he had faith to be healed, so Paul called out to him in a loud voice, Stand up, and the man jumped to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw, that Paul had done, when the crowd saw what Paul had done, They shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human forms. They decided that Barnabas Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside of the town. So the priests of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they tore their clothes in dismay and ran out among the people shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from those worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. But even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day he left for Barnabas, uh, with Barnabas for Derby. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we just dive into this, Lord, would we see your Holy Spirit working in our hearts? Would we learn a little bit more about you? And God, would you allow your word to speak to us, not my words? Would you allow your Holy Spirit to guide and direct and not me up here? And so, God, we love you, and we thank you. Your word is amazing. In your name we pray, amen. So if you guys can help me out with this, um, 
there is some scene stuck in my mind from a movie that I've seen, and I know it's an animation, I know it's a kid's show, but I did not have time this week to look after the 15 million animations that are out there, and I've kind of stuck to Brave and to How to Train Your Dragon, one, two, or three, maybe, but um, there's this scene where this guy goes into battle with all of his friends, right? And then all of a sudden, you see this guy get thrown all the way across the room, he hits this rock, and he like, sinks down and he just is is down uh, on the ground part of me remembers that he might have actually been like swallowed by this monster and then spat out but he's just drenched and he doesn't look good and he just looks dazed and confused and all of a sudden he looks up and his commander is sitting right there and they're just looking down at him like it's this goofiest thing and all of a sudden this guy gets straight back up pulls his sword and goes and just runs right back into the fold, right? Like he, he is dazed and confused, but he knows his direction. I am in this battle. And then we see Paul right here who's doing all these things. He's preaching and he's uh, telling people this is what the gospel is all about. And he completely gets stoned left for dead outside the city, and people come around him, pray with him, and what's the first thing that he does? He gets back up and he goes back into the town. Y'all, I've been doing, uh, I've been doing this squat challenge with my friends, and by the end of the month, I'm supposed to have like 3,000 squats down and 1,000 push-ups down. I'm telling you, when I get done with my squats for the day, last night was 250 squats. When I got done, I was like, ain't no way I'm going back to that again, right? I'm just not going to do it. I mean, I wasn't even stoned, and I don't want to go back to it. And I think that that's what happens to us is we get into a situation and we're like, no, don't, don't put me back in, coach. I don't want to continue on to it. We, we finally get healed of something or we start feeling better and we, we start feeling like, hey, I can get back to life. And then I don't want to have that hardship again. And then it happens to us over and over again. We, are, we, we hear countless stories of people going, they have cancer again? Or now this is happening? They, they went back to the hospital for heart failure again? Oh my goodness, what's going on? Uh, you Shoot, their husband lost their job again? Like what's going on? They, I mean, all these things that keep on happening and, and it really kind of made me look at this piece of scripture and it brought out just one main point for, for me this morning and it's this, and I, and I want you to write it down if you're taking notes with me and it's this. Your witness to those around you is your response through times of hardship. Your witness to those around you is your response through times of hardship. There is no lack of hardship in this, in this life at all. If we think that there's one thing that we're going through, we can sit down with somebody else and go, hey, tell me what you're going through. And they can give you a laundry list of what's going on in their life too. And now I'm sure that some of us are like, well, we can look at other people and go, well, their hardships aren't as hard as mine and, and maybe they're not going through as much as, as we are. But here's the deal. If we know the grace of God is with us and God is sovereign, 
I think that the exact hardship we're going through is the exact is the exact thing that God can bring us through. I used to think of it this way, you know, uh, we've, we've talked about this before, we've uh, just some of the staff things that have gone on here at the church and just some of the other things that we've dealt with. I, I used to go at, to other pastors and I think, man, our church is the only church that's got to be dealing with this, right? And so I, when I sat down with Jay Forseth uh, a while ago, he's like, dude, your church is unbelievable. Like, your church is amazing. And I said, yeah, but what about this, this? And he goes, trust me. Your church is great. And I said, and I said well, uh, you want to go into it? And he's like, I'd rather not. Um, and uh, there's, right now, we've got some churches that are suing other churches. We've got, a, we've got another church that is being sued by a, uh, uh, yeah, by a, uh, um, a strip mall that they kind of went into and did some things that they weren't supposed to. And we've got other churches that are leaving the, con- I mean, all of this different stuff. And I thought to myself, Everybody is going through a hardship. Everybody has something in their lives in which they can sit there and go, I don't want to be going through this right now. But if we were to look back at Acts over and over again, and it's supposed to be that we are witnesses, I know that whatever hardship we're going through, our response to that hardship is our witness. You can either run away from it and say, no, I don't want it, and I'm just not going to do it, and God, this is all your fault, or we can lean into it and go, God, through your strength, I can get through this. God, would you help me to know your word enough to know that my response is biblical, my response is led by the Holy Spirit, my response is through wise counsel, and God, I can get through this. And I love how Paul responds to all of the people in this uh, section when they're all just saying, you are definitely a God. You guys are our gods and so we will sacrifice to you. And he continually points back to God. He doesn't just walk away and go, fine, you guys are helpless. He tries to stir them back and he says, here's the deal. Friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings just like you. I love, I, I love that we are merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God. You should turn from trying to pander after things and turn from looking at woe is me all the time to go, no, God gives us the strength for everything we need. Then he goes on to say, turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways. Which is simply just saying that in the past he's been trying to get Israel to be the nation that would bless the rest of you. They didn't do it. And so now, guess what? Jesus Christ steps in. He is what Israel cannot be, which is uh, a, um, a Messiah who can save all people, who can bring them into a right relationship with, with God himself. And he says, God has no longer left you to be a nation by yourself. 
but he never left you without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. I love how he brings it back to their basic needs. God is good and he is with you and he wants to be guiding and directing your life. This is what he tells them. And they still don't listen. We can know all the things in our mind that God is good, that we have the right intentions and everything, but until we allow God to sink in and and really work through us, we will continue just to look at every hardship that we go through as not again. You can't be kidding me, not again, but we can look into it in joyful hearts to respond to him. So I want to just quickly run through some things. If you're still taking notes with me, here's what you, we need to realize is we do not dictate the events in our lives. I wish that I could say that we absolutely dictate everything in our lives that come our way and, and we're good, but eventually, whenever we think we have our lives together, something comes across our path that we probably didn't expect. We can plan as much out for our lives as we possibly can, but one thing can derail us, and, and sometimes we don't even know what that is. Next thing is, is we do not determine the outcomes either, which I, which I absolutely love that Paul and Barnabas are walking and they're sharing the gospel. And you would think that their whole goal, and well, their whole goal is to bring people to Christ, but they also know that not everyone is going to respond They can't determine the outcomes of sharing the gospel. They just know that they need to share the gospel. But the one thing that I think that we can control is our response to both. To both the events and the outcomes of whatever is going on. We can We can continue to go on in life and things, events will cross our path and outcomes of things that we think are supposed to happen. We can go, no, I need to control my response. Andy Stanley uh, once said it like this. He brings people into his office and people are sitting there going, well, you don't understand. My, my wife is like this or my husband is like this or my coworkers are like this. And, and he would sit down and he would say, here's the deal. Let's draw a big old circle. So he would draw a big old circle on the board and he would just put whatever event is in their lives, what, whatever is going on. So he would say, broken marriage or uh, hard relationships or uh, whatever loss of job maybe it is and he would say okay I want you to come and I want you to write on here what you think your responsibility is and in kind of a pie chart form and so he goes you know if I have guys that think it's all their all their wives fault he comes up and he does just this little sliver like, and so then he, he, Andy Stanley says to them, he says, okay, now, what percentage of the whole entire pie is that little, is that little shape? And he, and uh, he said, one guy I had in there, and he said, that's 1%. 1% is my fault, 99% is her fault. 
And Andy Stanley says, how are you doing with that 1%? That's your fault. And the guy looks at him and he goes, probably, probably not very good. And so then he started saying, okay, so what percentage in that 1% is yours? And so he started naming all these things off that is his that he's supposed to be doing. And, and, so, he, and so the guy at the end goes, okay, it's probably... Uh, probably have to draw 50%, right? So he draws 50%. And, he, and Andy Stanley looks at him and he says, but the whole point is not that you're looking at it going whose fault it is. This is 50%, like 50-50 here. And since you're not doing your 50, no. How are you doing with your 50% of the problem? You see, when we look at hardships, we want to blame everybody else. Instead of looking at our response and all of the events and all of the outcomes of going, wait a second, what's my responsibility here? What if Paul would have woken up out of this and gone, I'm done with this. I'm done. God's not holding up his bargain. He said I was supposed to be safe, secure, and everything would be okay. I think he'd have to look at going, wait a second. My job is to not control, not to dictate or determine the outcome and events, but it is to be the witness that God has asked me to be. When we look at these hardships and we go, why again? Maybe we can look inward a little bit and go, okay, God, what am I doing to control my responses? I mean, it's not very hard to realize that Jesus says this. He says, in this life, you will have trouble. And I don't think it's just trouble from, uh, from uh, standing up to, for him and uh, people will ostracize us and, and uh, make fun of us. I think it's just trouble. In this life, you'll have trouble. We know that the world is not perfect And so I think as we kind of dive into our responses, I think there's five things about how our responses are guided when we respond to whatever hardship we're going through. And these aren't in any particular order, just to let you know. It's just, I think, after reading through Acts and the rest of Scripture, that these are how we can know our responses to hardship or any sort of life circumstances are guided in the right direction. And the first one is this, is that our responses are guided through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't think, I don't think that a man who gets beat up over and over and over again stoned, left for dead, imprisoned, having to be on trial, can continue to go on in his own power. Most of us feel like giving up right away. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that compels him, the understanding that grace is so, I'm so indebted to grace that I need to respond says it all over Acts 1.8, right? And you will receive power by the Holy Spirit to continue on to be my witnesses. 
And so the whole point is not of what's happening to him, is about no, my response is to be God's witness. Not to be a doormat, though, that's not what I'm saying, but to continually desire God's presence so much that we know what's the next step. God, I'm, I'm guided by your Holy Spirit. The next one is, is that our responses are guided through knowledge of Scripture. Over and over again, we see in verse 37, or in verse 3, in verse 7, in verse, um, I'm, I've lost it now. Anyway, verse 3 and verse 7 also are saying they preached the word. They didn't, they didn't just preach some idea. They said, no, this is what the scriptures of old have said for so long, and this is where we're headed. Do we have knowledge of the scripture to be able to respond to the events and outcomes in our lives? The next one in verse 33, we see that through prayer and fasting, not 33, 23, we're guided through prayer and fasting. If we don't understand, we spend the time communicating with God. God, would you respond to me? Would you let me know what's going on? Could you guide me in this? Fasting, I, t- I said this uh, a little while ago, fasting is simply a hunger for the presence of God. God, I don't have your presence right now and I want it, whether it's something that's keeping me away from it or I've done something wrong, God, that I need your presence back here. And so if you're going through struggles right now and you're going through hardship, have you spent the time listening to God in prayer and fasting? The next one is this, is through worship, through worship. Are we giving God his place in our lives or are we just telling him what he should be doing? Worship comes in many, many forms, whether it's sitting outside and watching the amazing weather, whether it's singing to him, whether it's doing art, whether it's writing something to him. It is simply giving God the place in our lives of saying, you are God and I am not. And the last one is seeking wise counsel. Seeking wise counsel. In verse 28, we see that the whole entire church of believers come together and they say, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening? In fact, the rest of the story, verse, uh, verses 21 through 28, what we see kind of happens is, <laughs> is they do a reverse order where they just came from. They go right back around and they visit all the cities that they just were at and they say, hey, keep going, keep being with one another, keep worshiping God. Because their ultimate goal is that they're witnesses And so I was approached uh, a couple months ago by somebody who um, has grown up in our youth group and who is kind of taking off on a new venture uh, in their life. But it was something very interesting to me as I got to sit and talk to her. One of, uh, one of the things that 
kind of came out was is just this moment of going, I keep going through hardship. I don't know exactly where God has me, has me going. And so um, I want to uh, kind of talk to her a little bit this morning and kind of open your guys uh, up to what she's possibly doing, how you can partner with her and all that sort of stuff. And so uh, Brittany Salee, where are you? She's here somewhere. I know you haven't been stoned or anything like that, but uh, <laughs> um, so you guys kind of all know the Salis uh, a little bit, but uh, Brittany, um, when she was about a sophomore, started coming to youth group and having lots of fun with us, and she heard of a, a school called uh, Arrowhead Bible College. And so uh, kind of wasn't sure if that's where she should go. So she took a year off of not doing anything. And then you were like, hey, God is leading me. But tell me, tell me about what's been going on in your life for the past two years. Um, well, I have been um, working a lot. And uh, I went to Arrowhead Bible College and um, just spent a year there and really digging into God's word and really growing. Um, and then I worked there... Um, at Beartooth Christian Camp that summer, and then kind of worked a little more, and then I followed that up with going to uh, the Timothy Initiative at Beartooth Christian Ministries, and that's a one-year program as an intern where you get to spend three hours of the morning um, reading through the Bible and different books that um, Andy assigns us, and then just going through different departments there as well um, through the camp, um, kind of experiencing um, it all, kind of feeling like what you want to do if you want to go into camp ministry and getting a bunch of experience. And so that's kind of what I've been doing the last few years. And so like through all of that experience, you came to the conclusion that like God definitely wants you to, to be a part of that ministry there. Yes. But the problem is, is that uh, we all know that life is hard and ministry is hard. And so for kind of the last six months, you've gone through a lot of kind of, God, what's your will for me? I don't understand this. And so tell me kind of what sort of hardships you've been bringing through to come to this decision to go, no, this is going to be my response to these. Yeah. It was quite the ride. Um, so especially throughout the summer time, um, we definitely worked uh, very long hours. I know one week we put in 64 hours in five days, and that was definitely um, tiring. And the job that I was in was like facilities housekeeping. So that was a very um, um, just lonely job and physically tiring when you're doing it kind of like um, – by yourself through the week and um, it was just the year was kind of like uh, exhausting and there's a lot of stuff going on and um, I knew that I felt a strong pull to work at Beartooth Christian Ministries um, but I wasn't going to go back I originally came to a point where I was like I can't go back like I can't do this again um, but after kind of seeking wise counsel, I talked to Andy Hansen and Les, and uh, they talked with me, and um, we prayed, and um, 
just uh, remembering, um, it was actually from, I think it was from actually the explicit gospels, so, which is kind of crazy. Um, we read that um, near the beginning of the internship, and um, Matt Chandler asked us um, um, if you were to have a scale and have your suffering on one side and have your sin on the other side, which one would weigh more? And that's kind of something also that I kept in my mind as I was going through those hardships um, because I know that my sin definitely weighs way more <laughs> than my suffering. And um, that Jesus, he went through something way harder than I've ever gone through um, for me. And that just to kind of have the Lord with me um, and someone to be able to talk to who has gone through something way worse is there by my side. And so... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's that's really awesome. cool. Just that whole visual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so here's the deal. You have decided that you would, uh, you are going to take on uh, yeah. being a part of that ministry. And so mm -hmm. if you don't know, uh, BCC, Beartooth Christian Camp, is uh, a camp that is our conference camp. And so uh, our churches kind of have supported this camp. Uh, I think they said something like 1,800 kids went through uh, camp this year in those, uh, those five weeks of camp. And so they're constantly going. Arrowhead Bible College is now about to start up there, and they go, uh, they go year long. But you're going to, you have decided that you would like to go on as the facilities coordinator. So making sure that everything is running well in all those facilities. Um, it's kind of... It's a housekeeping, but it's under facilities, okay. so yes. Absolutely. Um. And so here's what happens with, uh, with the next part of hardship that you get to deal with mm -hmm. is everything at Beartooth Christian Camp, if you, are, if you go there, you are a missionary. And so they don't, uh, every, they don't pay, they don't do any of things like that. And so one of the things that you're dealing with right now is that um, you have to go and raise support. And so you, you want to be a missionary in, at BCC to the kids that come there and all of those things. And so um, how can we support you besides prayer and seeing you all the time and all that sort of stuff because your family goes here and, and all of that. But um, what are ways in which we can support you in that? Let's talk about money, actually. Sure. Why not? Um, yes, I do need to uh, be supported financially. Um, like Seth said, um, it is, they're all missionaries there. Uh, the reason we do that um, is because we want to keep costs low for um, campers, and so we're a nonprofit organization. If we did get paid, the, uh, for campers to be able to go there would be way higher. Um, but I need to raise about uh, $1,000 a month um, to be able to stay there in full-time position. Cool. Absolutely. And so if you see in your bulletin, you should have this card right here in front of you. And so uh, if you are interested in kind of partnering with uh, Brittany and uh, just coming alongside of her, you can absolutely fill that out and uh, uh, hand it to her. Um, or what you can also do is just hand it to me and, and we can get it into the, into the right uh, places um, to be able to support her. Here's, here's the biggest thing about that is um, 
when it comes to hardship and, and answering things, over, overwhelmingly when I uh, got to speak with Brittany, it was the idea of how do I make sure that I keep my mission, the mission that I'm supposed to be doing. I know that God wants me here, but how do I do that in the midst of everything that's going on around me? You know, for instance, um, I think to myself going, I know that God has called me to be a father, to be a husband, to be uh, the pastor of the church. How do I keep focused on that? And every single one of you have that call as well in terms of that, that God has called you to be exactly where you're at, to be the witness exactly where you're at. You might find yourself retired, but that doesn't mean you're retired from life and and being a witness. You might be um, in a job that you're sitting there going, I don't know why I'm here, but while I'm here, I'm going to be a witness. And maybe my marriage hasn't been the best, and so I'm called to be a witness for God inside my marriage, inside my friendships. And that's kind of where you were sitting going, wait a second, is this really a witness? Is this this job in which I'm cleaning up after people, really being a witness to them? And um, and overwhelmingly, the answer for you is absolutely yes, is that... um, kids get to hear the gospel because you're not making it more difficult for them. Or uh, kids get to hear the gospel because we're keeping the place open. And, um, and I think that's just a, a beautiful heart that you have. And so I just want to say thank you for sharing that with us. And um, can, I, can I just pray for you right now? And then, um, and then we'll kind of, um, I'll kind of say a few last things and I'll ask the worship team to come up, okay? So here we go. Hey God, we just thank you for Brittany and her heart to want to serve you, even in the midst of um, hardships, even in the midst of just not knowing what to do. But God, through your Holy Spirit, through your scripture, through worship, through fasting and prayer, and through seeking wise counsel, you have directed her and stirred her to be resolved that this is exactly where you want her. And so God, I just ask that you would continue to bless her, that you would pour, um, yeah, just pour your blessings onto her and, and pave the way for her as she's, um, as she's uh, ready to go there. And so, God, I just, uh, I just ask once again that your power would walk with her. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks. And so, yeah, there you go. And her goal is to start in uh, January of next year. And so um, it's not like she's leaving right away. So get to know her a little bit and know her heart, okay? Even when you have a He-Man action figure that gets taken from you, and you need to control your response, it's no different from when we're little to where we're older. I just think that sometimes us adults have a fancier way, or or not a fancier way, but we come up with better ways to respond to things in anger, when instead we need to be responding to things through God's guiding and directing, through His Scripture, through worship, through being with God. And through uh, all of us together as um, we seek wise counsel in our lives and never forgetting that the grace of God is 
constantly chasing us and constantly uh, coming after us. And this last song that we're singing is just that. It's called Reckless Love of understanding that the love of God has no bounds for us. That God is continually looking to shape us, guide us, direct us. And our responses to him should be just that, of going, God, I'm leaving the events into your hands and I'm leaving the outcome into your hands and I want to be your witness. And so while we're singing this song, I, I pray that you would spend some of the time that if you haven't been responding well to some things in your life, that you would go, God, would you please guide me and direct me? And if you know some things are coming up, would, would you just be willing to go, God, I, I need your strength to guide me through this? And if you're sitting here for the first time and you're like, I've never experienced hardship or I've never um, experienced what you're talking about, um, would you know that God absolutely loves you and that he's recklessly going after you so that you can hear the good news that, that your sins are forgiven, that the blood of Jesus Christ has covered us and given us newness of life. And so let's sing this song together. We have, come, we have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. But he never left you without evidence of himself and his goodness. God, you are good and you are great to us. Would we turn away from our worthless things, of pandering for the things of this earth by our worries, by our, our, our stressed out lives, by our health that's just weighing, weighing us down, Lord, would we look to you because we know you are good and that you love us. God, continue to guide and direct each and every one of this person as we seek to be filled with your Holy Spirit, that filled with your knowledge, that we would pray and fast and we would worship you and give you the credit that you're due, and that, God, we would surround ourselves with wise counsel. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.